Welcome to the Managers Academy podcast by The People Mentor for managers and leaders who want to gain confidence and develop their skills. Happy listening. Hi, I'm Nicola from The People Mentor and in today's podcast I want to talk about what leadership skills are most important in SMEs. The last few years have seen some big changes in the world which have inevitably had an impact on the business world. Businesses of all sizes have had to pivot and future-proof their activities. Leaders and managers have had to make some hard decisions as well as some savvy ones to ensure they steer their business towards sustainability and success. SMEs and their managers are more vulnerable to uncertainty and external change because they don't have access to vast pipelines of credit or huge departments of people to call on when they need the right advice. Managers and SME businesses tend to wear a lot of hats. In the space of a day, they deal with day-to-day trivia as well as the higher level strategic stuff and coordinating all the different parts of the business. It's a balancing act that requires the right leadership skills, but what leadership skills are the most important in SMEs? I recently read about an interesting piece of research that was carried out by the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. Researchers surveyed business leaders in Singapore and asked them what key leadership skills they thought were important for managers who wanted to lead their businesses into the future. Interestingly, when asked whether they thought soft skills, hard skills, or a combination of the two were needed for successful leadership, 41% of survey respondents chose soft skills, while 54% said a combination of the two. The business leaders rated flexibility, the ability to make tough decisions, and the ability to communicate effectively as the top desirable skills for leaders. The world is no longer a place where leaders and managers can get by on strategic skills and business acumen alone. They also need to possess the skills to communicate effectively with their people, empower them and recognise them as the most valuable resource in the business. So with that in mind, here are my thoughts on the leadership skills that are most important in SMEs. The first important skill in an ever-changing world is the ability to be flexible. The most successful businesses are always those that adapt to change and learn from failure. I think there are a couple of ways that you can demonstrate flexibility as a manager in a SME business. You can embrace innovation and be open to change that's ultimately going to benefit the business. Change is not always easy to navigate or accept, but if you're a flexible leader, you'll be able to see the positives and get your team on board. Another way to be flexible is to learn how to respond, not react to disruptions or unexpected circumstances. You have to rely a lot on your emotional intelligence for this, but more on that later. The key when it comes to being flexible, really, is to realise that not everything that happens in the business or in the external world is going to fit into the nice little box you tried to put it in. 
You will have to adapt your leadership and communication styles and amend your policies and processes as things shift. The second on my list of leadership skills that are most important in SMEs is the ability to make decisions. Making decisions as a SME manager against a backdrop of constant change can be challenging. There'll be situations where you have to decide something and act when circumstances are uncertain or you don't have the information you need. It's a very daunting feeling. But here's the thing, if you aren't decisive when you need to be, it can harm your team. I've seen it myself. Teams get fed up with managers who fail to make decisions. Teams need to have confidence in your leadership, especially in uncertain times. So how can you make good decisions as a SME manager? So how can you make good decisions as a SME manager. My advice is to break the decision down. What do you need to decide right now? And what doesn't need to be decided right away? Then think about the impact of the decision on others and on the wider objectives of the business. Who would your decision directly or indirectly affect? Will it mean you can't meet some of your other business objectives? Once you know that, you need to decide who needs to be informed or consulted. Getting others involved with decision making can improve engagement and encourage ownership of what's been decided and what happens as a result. Another big bonus is it helps you avoid groupthink situations because there's an opportunity for the decision to be debated and challenged. Whether you're making the decision alone or you have others on board, you need to gather information to help you make the decision. Having the right information at your disposal will help you work out the different options you have available. Remember that there can be such a thing as too much information, however, so don't gather so much data that you end up stuck analysing and not making a decision. Decision-making tools can help you avoid getting bogged down with analysing and stopping indecision. Tools I always like to use are decision trees and the plan, do, check, act cycle. Decision trees represent uncertainty and they can help you to understand the risks and the rewards involved if you take different courses of action. The tree branches represent the choices you can make and their potential outcome. Each outcome is given a probability and an estimate of the value it would deliver. The plan, do, check, act cycle involves making incremental decisions which are then followed up with actions and analysed. This tool allows you to compare different options based on your key requirements so you can instantly eliminate any options that won't work. Whether you decide to use a decision tool or not, it might be that in some situations you have to rely on your experience and instincts. Sometimes you just have that inner knowing that a decision feels right. 
In the absence of the information you need, your gut feeling can serve you well. Once you've made a decision, your next steps are to communicate it and act. Tell everyone who needs to know how and why the decision was made and what the outcome will be. It's important too that you monitor the outcome of your decisions and how they have moved the business forward or not. The third leadership skill that I think is most important in a SME is the ability to communicate effectively. The way you communicate can make or break your success as a SME manager. It's so important to be clear, open, honest and to be able to motivate your people to do well. In fact, you could argue that good communication is even more important now that more teams are working remotely. So how do you keep your team motivated, engaged, happy and on track? And more importantly, how are your communication skills? If you aren't sure how good your communication skills are, just remember that you're only human and it can be hard to communicate as clearly as you want to. Think about how many times you've said something without thinking. Fired off an email when you've been in a bad mood without thinking about the impact it will have on someone. Used jargon in a conversation because you assumed the other person would understand. To be honest, I've probably been guilty of all of these at some point. But the good news is that there are some tips you can follow to improve how you communicate in any situation. The first tip is to get your message clear in your mind whether you're going to deliver your message in person or via email. What are you trying to achieve and how will you know you've been successful? And then put yourself in the other person's shoes. How might they receive it? How might it sound to them? How are they likely to react? These are all important questions to consider, especially if you're to have a difficult conversation. If this is the case, be mindful of the language you use. So for example, instead of saying you always let the team down, say I felt let down by X. The first is an accusation. The latter is you owning your feelings on the issue and hopefully encouraging the person to see the impact of their actions on you and others. As well as the words you say, your non-verbal communication is important. Keep your body language open and be conscious of your tone of voice, posture and the gestures you make. Make sure they match what you are saying. And that's really true. I used to have a manager who would wave her finger pointing at you up and down all the time. Of course, her manager noticed this and mentioned it. Of course, good communication is not just about you getting your messages across. It's about making sure it's been understood too. Neither you nor the other person are mind readers. So once you've delivered your message, check that it's been understood. You could do this by asking the other person to summarise what you said. And if it seems like they haven't really understood, go back a few steps and see what might be causing the confusion. Was the email you sent long-winded or full of jargon? Would it have been better to communicate face-to-face instead? 
consider these things the next time you need to deliver a message and see how much the clarity and effectiveness of your communication improves. As well as communicating effectively with your team members, it's also important to empower and develop them. Empowering your team to take responsibility and make decisions and trusting them to get the job done will really improve engagement and morale. Allow them to take ownership and challenge them and you'll get the best out of them. Stand over them and micromanage every little thing they do and it will have the opposite effect. Interestingly, when I went out for coffee this week, I was in the cafe when I was told by one of the members of staff that they were a bit fed up. They'd had a list from their manager at Harvest Seven because they were deputising for them on their day off. And then, just as we were talking, the manager phoned to go through the list and to check they were okay. Now, it's okay to be supportive, but if you're giving somebody the role of deputising, you need to trust them and let them get on with it. Any successful SME manager knows that empowerment and the willingness to delegate are important leadership skills. But while you may know they are important, that doesn't mean they are easy to implement. Maybe you're reluctant to give up control or you think you can do things better anyway. These are feelings that many managers have, but they can be overcome. You can successfully empower your team and delegate for the benefit of yourself, the team and the business. Interesting, I often hear as well that it takes too long to upskill somebody when you want to delegate. If that's the case, you really need to dig deep to find out what is actually blocking you as a manager from doing that. So, here's how to delegate. Start by looking at how things are right now. Who makes the decisions? How empowered are your team members? Is there a culture that encourages trust, openness, collaboration and contribution? Or are decisions made at the top and it's my way or the highway? After you've gauged how things are now with the culture, look at your own leadership style. Do you manage like an autocrat? If so, empowerment and delegation won't feel easy. The aim is to be more of a collaborative leader who encourages the sharing of information and ideas and who delegates more authority and responsibility to their team members over time. Next, aside from your leadership style, ask yourself, are there any other barriers in your team to them being empowered? It could be that you don't want to give up control. Or it could be that your team members aren't willing to take on more responsibility. Think about how you might address barriers like these and what you really want to gain from empowering your team. Do you want to delegate more so it frees up your time to work on strategic tasks? Do you want to help team members develop and use their skills and strengths more? Do you want to be able to take more time off? Look for opportunities to delegate and encourage team members to use their strengths more. And if you can't see any, ask them and ask your people. Of course, 
If you want to empower your team through delegation, it's important that everyone understands what it entails. If you've never given your team members any responsibility before, it might be too much of a shock if you try to push them out of their comfort zone all of a sudden. Make sure they understand that being empowered isn't just about you giving them extra work. It's about finding better ways to do things and making better uses of their skills and giving them something interesting to do. So when you do start delegating work, set clear boundaries so everyone knows who is responsible for what. It's also a good idea to have a discussion about objectives and the training and support your team members might need. Once you've thrashed all this out, let your team members get on with the tasks you've given them. I know how tempting it can be to intervene or constantly look over people's shoulders, but this isn't empowerment. Real empowerment is about being allowed to get things wrong and being able to try new ways of doing things. What would successful empowerment look like in your business? Maybe it's when your team can solve problems and use their initiative without constantly coming to you. I think every manager dreams of that day. The next on my list of leadership skills that are most important in SMEs is developing yourself. While focusing on your team's development and growth is really important, you need to know what you need to work on so you can take your team to the next level and help the business. Maybe it's a soft skill like emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is not one of these wishy-washy things. It can really help you succeed as a SME manager. So let's look at how. Most of us have experienced strong emotions at work such as anger or anxiety. What do you do when you feel emotions like this? Do you try to push them down Or do you react and erupt? Neither is an emotionally healthy response. Being emotionally intelligent means you can recognise and understand your emotions. You'll also understand that those emotions can trigger responses like putting you in fight or flight mode or making you say something that you'll regret. Emotional intelligence allows you to see these reactions for what they are. It gives you that ability to step back from whatever it is you're feeling, reflect and consider your response. You respond rather than react. And it's not just your own emotions you become more aware of. Emotional intelligence helps you become more aware of other people's emotions too. This can be crucial when it comes to building healthy relationships and diffusing situations. So how can being emotionally intelligent make you a better manager? Well, if you can manage your own emotions, you might not find yourself in a position where you're taking out your frustration on your team members. It means you're aware of your strengths and weaknesses and you're able to accept and reflect on feedback from others. You'll have better, more supportive working relationships with team members. You can see how being emotionally intelligent can have a positive effect on how you manage. 
the knock-on effect will be a more harmonious workplace and a happier, more engaged and productive team. Some people make the mistake of thinking that emotional intelligence is just about being nice, but that's far too much of a simplistic view. Being emotionally intelligent can help you reduce team conflict, make better decisions and rally your people behind you. So can you learn emotional intelligence or is it something that's built in? While it's true that some people are more emotionally intelligent than others, you can develop your emotional intelligence. It's something I cover in leadership mentoring sessions as well as in training workshops. If it's something you'd like to work on, I'd love you to get in touch. We're coming to the end of this episode of the podcast, but before I go, I just wanted to tell you all about my new Managers Academy membership. If this podcast has got you thinking about your own leadership skills and knowledge and where there might be gaps, this membership could be for you. I call it a three-month roadmap to success where every month you get invaluable tips, online videos, training and templates, as well as monthly surgeries to talk about team issues and a monthly virtual training session and access to an online community for support. I've spent over 33 years leading and managing teams and aligning myself with the Chartered Management Institute and their qualifications. And when you sign up for this membership, you'll get some invaluable information and knowledge as well as the benefit of my experience. If you want to develop your leadership skills and get on the fast track to success, you can find out more about joining my Great Value membership and the amazing benefits that come with it at www.thepeoplementor.co.uk under the Managers Academy. That's all for today's podcast. I hope it's given you some food for thought. Until next time, this is The People Mentor signing off. Thank you for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you need any help or advice, please contact Nicola on Nicola Richardson at thepeoplementor.co.uk. The People Mentor driving your business forward through support for managers and leaders in small and medium-sized employers.